This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's The Mill with Anthony Weiner on WABC. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. It's The Mill with Anthony Weiner. Good afternoon. I'm Anthony Weiner. Thank you for meeting me in the middle. You know, this is usually where I read the manifesto for the show, but I'm not um, not really sure. Today is kind of a weird day, sort of a rough time to be doing a radio show. Thank you for joining me. It's really great for you to be here. I'll be here till 3 o'clock. Curtis Lee will be in at 3 o'clock for left versus right. I, I say it's a rough time. I'm not going to do this. Whole, I, do the, I read this manifesto about what our show is supposed to be about. But, you know, I prepare all week with this notion of, yeah, at the weekend we do one show. We should bring kind of context to some issue that is going on during the week's had some conversation. Um, but as we say around here, you know, 77 WBC Radio is where you come to talk. And that just doesn't – and that means it's come to get things off your chest and involve yourself in the community. And um, I always try to find some context to find to the week. But this week I had a plan. I had a whole script written, but yesterday made me kind of tear it up. You know, I write kind of Wednesday through Thursday, and I had it. I wind up first. There was the terrorist attack at the synagogue in Jerusalem that killed seven. Then, for some reason, video was released of Paul Pelosi, who showing him being hit with a hammer by a sicko who was convinced that some insane conspiracy theory was fact. I couldn't figure out why they were releasing it, what was added by doing that. And then I realized, I remembered actually that there had a lot of been, a lot of people have been spreading these conspiracy theories and some people have even been spreading conspiracy theories about the Pelosi attack. And so even some people on these airwaves have, so I understand then they had to play that. And then last night, the video of the murder of 29 year old Tyree Nichols came out. And I'll tell you where I was. I was, you know, sitting kind of thinking it was, Holocaust, it was Holocaust Memorial Day. It was just kind of like generally thinking, okay, this script that I had written, it was kind of lighthearted, and maybe we'll get to a little bit of it later. You know, um, Jordan was pestering me to play floor hockey with him. It's this, we have these little goals. Anyway, and I told him that I had to watch something on TV for work, and um, he said, what is it? I said, I told him they were going to release a video of a man being killed by cops, and they had been doing all these warnings saying, you know, if you have children, you might want to have them leave the room. I said, you know, he's 11. I said, do you, do you want to watch this with me? And he says to me, nah, I've seen it already, <laughs> and then left left the room. And he he obviously didn't know that he hadn't seen this already, but he did know that at age 11 he had seen plenty of instances of videotapes like that. But in a way, this one was very different. You know, this is an event that happened on January 7th, and it had this kind of countdown to when the video was going to come out. They said it's going to come out 6 o'clock, I think 6 o'clock local time, which is 7 o'clock here. I think that's what it was. It was going to be like a Friday news dump, as if they hoped that no one would watch it or they wouldn't pay attention to it. You know politicians frequently dump bad news on Friday evenings. This had been planned for days. You know, we had heard already from the police chief of Memphis, who happens to be an African-American woman, that the officers had already been charged with murder, which in and of itself was a unique thing, and the fact that there were five African-American officers. Everyone from the president on down had preemptively called for calm. It was like this big build-up to the video. And then the video came out. I was I was sitting watching it, you know, live, I mean, in real time as these. It was actually four of them by my count. There might have been more, more than five. It was about an hour's worth of video. By now, many of you who are listening, probably have already seen much of it. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Chris is on the phones. 
Diego, uh, forgive me, um, uh, Ryan is on the board. And then the video comes out, and it's five cops from the Scorpion unit, which I – mean, I'll get to that in a second. They pull this kid from the car, I mean, a kid 29 years old. They don't tell him why. They're all yelling at him all at once. I mean, he sounds like he's the only sane one in the bunch when you watch this video. He says, you know, at one point he says, you guys really are really doing a lot right now. I'm trying just to go home. I mean, he doesn't say quite that level, but they're yelling at him. He's saying that. He's asking, what did he do wrong? The cops try to tase him and they fail. He runs. Not so much. It looks like they're running away from him. But now that we know where it wound up, he was running to his mom's house. He was only blocks away. He almost makes it. He was like 80 yards or something from his mom's house. And then they had the officers catch up with him. They try to pepper spray him and do that wrong, so they pepper spray each other. When he's on the ground, they kick him. Then they stand him up and they take, they, they stand him up like in the movies. They stand him up with one guy holding his arms behind him and they take turns punching him. And then when they're all done with that, they stand around and they show compassion. But they show compassion for each other, not for him. One cop is limping around, you see in this video, because from kicking Nichols so hard, I guess. One cop helps another cop flush the pepper spray out of his eyes. I said they use pepper spray, but they they, they try to tase him. They use the taser incorrectly. They try to pepper spray him, use the pepper spray incorrectly. They try to handcuff him and use that technique incorrectly. And then they stand around on this videotape, and this is all from body camera and from a, a light pole video. They stand around. And they share stories about what just happened, patting each other on the back for a tough night of policing for the Scorpion unit. By the way, what in God's name would compel you as in as people who do or in law enforcement to describe yourselves as the Scorpion unit? What kind of thinking is that? I mean, I don't know if Scorpion stands for something or what. I mean, this whole notion that they are supposed to scorpion somebody and then for my money kinds comes kind of the maddening part and and, and for those of you who are watching cable I, I was flipping around all the different cable stations turns out that fox had very good i n- never watched fox you know except to get pointers but they had very good coverage they here's the maddening part they're what they're showing the video as they're getting it so the 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 cable cable people are getting the video then they're playing it in real time and so they they beat him up, they handcuff him, and then at one point they and then shortly after they prop him up against a car and they kind of ignore him while they all talk amongst themselves for about thirty minutes before there's any kind of medical care given to him. You know, I spoke to a lawyer, uh, a, a lawyer today, the famous lawyer Arthur Idala, who who does some criminal law, and, and I said that's thirty minutes. I mean, the guy might what could that have been? What killed him? If for for about 20 minutes of it, there's a medical bag sitting next to him. In fact, there would look like there are two fire officers or EMS people sitting right next to him, and, and they don't do anything for like 30 minutes before finally a stretcher arrives and they administer some care to him, and he dies shortly thereafter. I mean, it is just – I literally tore up the script. I had this kind of slightly light – maybe we'll get to some of it. There's some cuts and stuff, so maybe I will get to some of it. If you'd like to weigh in, 800-848-WBC, 800-848-9222. And, um, all right, well, let's do a number of the week. I didn't really plan this, This you know, you know, I like to do numbers of the week. 1,176 Americans were killed by police in 2022. It's about three a day. The highest amount since they started keeping track of this in 2013. And if you're wondering, yes, it's up since George Floyd. It's up since Black Lives Matter. It's up since people started insulting other people by calling them woke. I mean, what do we do? I mean, what do we do? Seriously. I mean, I mean, I don't know. There was some conversation. There was a guy on uh, one of the cable TVs last night. What was it? Fox, I think. Who says maybe we pass a national law. Um, a national law called a duty to intervene. Maybe callers can can tell me a little bit more about that. It sounds like what it sounds like is that if you are a police officer and you're at a scene like that 
and you see other officers doing things that they shouldn't do, it's your duty to step in on behalf of the of the victim of the police brutality or whatnot. Maybe that's an idea. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible day for cops because it's like politicians in a way. You know, one politician does something, you know, all, you know, everyone all week for the last few weeks, you know, oh, Santos, he's a typical politician. He lies, you know, and you can't deny it that he does. But, you know, the whole point is that one person doing that reflects on the whole and the whole industry. And it's not getting any better. And, you know, look, it's five African-American officers. I don't know how much difference that makes, to be honest with you. I think it's a problem with blacks in policing, blacks in their experience with law enforcement. So, um, you know, it kicked it kicked the wind out of me watching that stuff, you know, and it's. So we'll listen to his mom describe the anguish of knowing that his last actions were trying to get home to her and that he was crying. He cries out on these videotapes for his mom. He's, you know, he's they're literally a few houses away. That's where he was running to. Um, and by the way, you know, why did they stop him in the first place? Well, at first they said he was driving erratically. They didn't, they never tell him. If you see the video, they just immediately pounce on this car and drag him out. Like, you know, He's completely disoriented. There's no explanation yet. Maybe that'll come out in the trial or come out soon. There's been no explanation. They withdrew. They say that wasn't the reason now. And at one point, one of these guys who's running, one of the officers who's running, chasing him, you know, he was stopped at the car, then runs and gets caught up with. He says, anyone from Scorpion unit comes to this corner. Like he's calling for his own guys in this specialized unit that's named the Scorpion unit. I mean, I, I just don't. So, um, that weighs heavily on us. I think that there was, there's less protest this time because of how long the run-up was, how the prosecutors immediately said we're going to charge them with these crimes. I mean, I, you know, I'm a little nervous about things going in the other direction now. Now a prosecutor doesn't take time to even look that carefully at the evidence. They figure we better hurry to try to keep calm on the streets. But basically the streets were calm. One jackass jumped up on a police car, but, and that every politician under the sun was kind of in we hours in advance. It was a very strange, I've never seen anything quite like this before. And this is, this is the middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. We're talking about the case of Tyree Nichols. I've never seen anything quite like this before that they sorry, we're going to release the video at this hour. This is kind of primetime news hour. I think it was six or seven o'clock. And there was like a countdown going on. And then it comes on and it's like a TV thing. You know, Jordan's not wrong. We have seen it before. I mean, this was, it's, it's gut wrenching. I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. I'm not, you know, when I was running for office in 2013 before body worn cameras was as much in vogue as it is today, I thought that would be helpful in exonerating cops who do the right thing, helpful in getting bad cops, helpful in making sure that when someone falsely accused a cop, we would have some evidence, making sure that we were investigating things, we had more information. And sure enough, we had lots of video information and what, and there's a reason you don't hear people defending these cops. It was, it was really tragic in another life. And it's not the first, I mean, it's, it's 1,176 in 2022. That's a lot. And maybe we need national laws. I don't know. It's not like I know, being on an opinion show, you have to have opinions on what you think we should do. Well, I mean, I'm bereft. I don't have I don't have great ideas. So we'll come back. Maybe we'll do we'll do a couple of calls about this, and then I'll go into the other stuff I wanted to talk about. By the way, I freely admit that I am not you know not not being maybe I'll talk about this a little bit with Curtis later. Not being a radio guy, I don't know when the moment demands like just stopping everything you're doing and talking about an issue that's on the front page and when and when it you let it breathe a little bit but this one felt urgent it feels like a real a real um urgent moment in our country and certainly um i think we all should mourn for Tyree Nichols and we'll see you on the other side Still amazed that
the place when I was drunk and I was thinking of you. Every day the children they were singing the tunes out on the streets and you could hear from inside. You used to take the subway on a house and third I would wait for you and not try to hide. Love won't play any games with you anymore if you don't want them to. World won't wait. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC. And welcome back to the middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. That's Garland Jeffries bringing us in. I realize that I also chose kind of lighthearted music to go with the original script I'd written. Maybe I'll go ahead and do it. Maybe I'm over. Maybe I'm getting overwrought about this. It's just seems like it seems like a lot and it's just hard not to i mean i guess i was very affected by jordan being so casual about the idea that he had seen things like this already at 11 that it didn't even like it's kind of included in his kind of understanding about what kind of conversations we have um i just hate for him to be already kind of reaching this point that he's blasé about these things and maybe it's because I'm still not, you know, my footing as a as a radio person is still not firmly underneath me. Like understanding, like when something cries out to kind of put down everything you're doing and let people have conversations about these things. Um, here's what I think we're going to do is I've gotten a couple of different texts. And if you want to reach out to me at Rep Wiener, R-E-P-W-E-A-N-E-R, Wiener, W-A-B-C at Gmail dot com. Um, and obviously, 800-848-WABC. Here's what I think we'll do. Let's do a few more minutes about this, and then I'll go into something a little bit different that I had prepared, something I called the week in fibbing. You can probably guess where I'm going I'm going with this. So we'll do a couple of calls about this, and we won't do the whole show about it, because I'm sure that Curtis, who's got a ton of experience with law enforcement and has been through these things more than I have, and also is you know someone who understands the rhythm of radio and understands what kind of things you need to linger on, what kind of things you can let breathe. He'll be coming, and I'm sure we're going to talk a little about Tyree Nichols. Uh, by the way, John G., one of our best listeners, he called in uh, or, or wrote me a note and said, Scorpion stands for Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhood. You know what that sounds to me like? It sounds like they came up with the, you know, the scorpion idea and then figured out some letters to back into it. It's too much of this kind of military us versus them, they're the enemy kind of, Mentality, but maybe I'm maybe I'm getting out of my skis. And let's take a few a few calls. If you'd like to join the conversation, I've already said that this is your show. I'm just helping it along. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And let's go to Tom in Connecticut. Tom, welcome aboard the middle today. Um, yeah, I was just on. You know, yeah, my the uh, I help Curtis Lee while on 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 the police violence because it's it, it's very. Unusual for me to, you know, say, say something like that, and it's shocking. It's truly shocking. I'm sure they'll be charged with uh, murder and, you know, end up in a long-term uh, penitentiary uh, sentence. Well, I appreciate that, Tom. And it, it's true. You're 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 a balanced guy on this stuff. You're not someone who's instinctively one way or the other. And to hear you say that, I mean, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing, you know, People in law enforcement are not saying, look, this can be interpreted many different ways. Look, one thing I do acknowledge is that sometimes you'll see a video of something that goes on. And if you leave out the 15 or 20 seconds before that video starts, you can lose complete context. Um, or if you zoom in in one way and leave out a different, I know that video, but this, this does not seem to be such a case. Let's go to Danny on Long Island. Hey, Danny, welcome aboard. 
Hey, good afternoon. Uh, retired lieutenant from the police department, so I supervised about a million of these incidents. Uh, there's no uh, there's no rational explanation for the level of uh, violence that we saw there. We don't know how this all started, but what, however it started is irrelevant to how it ended. How it ended was, you know, completely uh, criminal in nature, and whatever happens to these guys happens. They get they get what they deserve, and they they left the uh, the specter of normal police work behind. So whatever they get, I'm not going to uh, weep for them. I uh, I didn't see a supervisor present, which is always the key to. Anything. I was I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you that, Danny. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you, you go ahead and finish your point. Then I want to ask you a couple of questions. Yeah, go ahead. A couple of things. Lack of supervision where one person is, is always going to be in charge, always makes the other. When one person knows he's accountable for the entire uh, action of the group, then, then, then something will always. You don't get group. You don't get group think. You get one person who's in charge. In the old days in the police department, and I, I said to the screen caller, I was involved in hundreds of fights. There was times when I was down on a platform by myself fighting with a person, and I used every tool in the tool bus. Uh, you know, mace, handcuffs, bat, whatever I had, because it was strictly a one-on-one fight with a robbery suspect, and the guy was trying to kill me. But once overwhelming numbers, like when I was a supervisor, if we had to arrest a person and there was four or five of us standing there, put away the stick, put away the mace, we're just going to get on top of this guy, overwhelm him with sheer weight of numbers, get him handcuffed, take it off his back as quick as we can. And we're not going to – to me, the training has gone on entirely too much reliant on mace, tasering, and other things at the – at the at the uh, not using just basic physical force. Now, what happened was you had the incident on Staten Island where the guy they they did that, but one guy put his arm around the guy's neck, so you can't do that. You have the incident in Wisconsin where the guy abs- absolutely kneeled on the guy's neck, and now you can't. So you're not allowed to put your, New York City Police Department now. You are not allowed to get on top of a person and put the, put your knee on their back if they're fighting. So the rules of engagement are such that cops are being overwhelmingly required to use these toys, and they're not really effective. So the training has to be redone, but I don't – There are, I, I, what I despise is the selective outrage. It is completely appropriate to be outraged over this. These men will die and they'll go to jail. Uh, they'll go to jail. They'll be prosecuted. They'll be convicted. They'll go to jail. Last year was the deadliest year against cops in 30 years in this country. Ambushes. There are people in Chicago by, by the bushel being shot weekly. We see videotapes of people being brutally assaulted in the streets of New York every single day, and everybody just goes on. Well, Danny, let me let me just ask you on that point. You know, one of the things I've heard officers tell me and people who study this stuff is that there has been a drain of police in police departments here in the New York area as well, where experienced guys are putting in their twenty and getting out who are who are making it less of a career than they used to because it's just not as good as a job as it used to be and the environment is very hostile. Do, are, are you hearing that from your colleagues? Listen, everybody loves to complain. My dad was on the job in the seventies. In the nineteen seventies, we had one year where a hundred police officers in New York City were shot. I'll repeat that again. <laughs> in one year during the early seventies, we had a hundred yeah. police officers shot the the violence against the cops is greatly reduced to what it used to be but the disrespect and listen i got news for you we when you the police department is 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 incapable now of fighting crime based on the fact that their hiring practices and their rules of engagement are not they're not interested in finding people who want to fight crime because people who want to fight crime they result in lawsuits i may make a hundred great arrests yeah but if I make one arrest where the guy sues me, they'd rather have they'd rather have cops taking reports. But that's another issue. Well, the I understand. Point, well, well Danny, let me let me get to some other calls. Let me just conclude with this, though. You know, thank you for your service and to the officers within the sound of of my voice who understand that this is a this is a bad day for good cops, right? I mean, whenever you have this, as I said at the top, whenever you have this kind of thing happen, people do paint. With a broad rush, and I and I think that another thing is true. We have to stipulate too, is that n- people who are watching this as a spectator, who think they understand policing, it's like you know everyone has their perspectives. No, there's no truth. There's only perspective, and we we have to understand the perspective that cops have when they approach these things. Let's go to Rich in Brooklyn for a call about this. Hey, Rich, thank you for joining us. How you doing, Anthony? I'm well, thank you. I'm just calling regarding. It's done. It's over. This thing is in the rearview mirror. As Dan said, these guys are going to wind up in jail. <clears throat> what has to be done is we got to peel this back. They already went into this uh, victim's history, said there was no criminal history. We got to look at the history of these five guys because you're blaming it on law enforcement. These guys might not have, should have never been police officers. There must be something. 
in their history, okay? And because of a lot of different factors, they're letting people on that job that should never carry a gun or a shield. Yeah, I, I think that's that's an excellent point. I mean, I, I agree. I don't think you can draw a conclusion from any one particular case, but this is not a case. You know, to say it's an isolated case. No, there are lots and lots and lots and lots of cases, and maybe it's a training issue. Maybe it's a, a maybe it's these individual guys. I don't know, but that shouldn't take anything away from the fact that the, that we do have. Look, the, the previous caller made the point that attacks on police officers is on the rise. Interactions when crime goes up, a couple of things happen. One is public policy people, mayors, city councilmen, they all say let's fight crime. They hire more cops. They tell cops go out, be more active, make more arrests. Those lead to more interactions, and more interactions mean more problems. You know, right? When when we when we take calls on you know fifty fifty one weeks out of the year, people are saying, send the cops out there and let them let them do their job. Well, that means there's going to be more interactions and more potential problems. And I don't think anyone says, well, don't police. I think the question is, you know, what can we possibly learn when we get these glimpses into these things and they are so brutal um it's it's you know you really start to believe that 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 this problem is bigger and growing and not smaller let's go to stefano in the bronx stefano welcome back to the middle hey anthony uh thanks for taking my call um so besides the fact that there's nothing to say about this incident other than simply tragic tragic modern day tragedy but um so you threw out a number before about a thousand and change of that at police field that if a number like that gets thrown out, it should kind of get broken down because being the subject we were on, it kind of sounds like they're all in the same category as the one we're speaking about. So just a a little, uh, I'm not going to say pointer. I'm not going to call it a pointer. I'm just saying that listening to your show, when I heard that, it was kind of almost automatic that when you hear that number, you kind of associate it with the same kind of hideous actions that we saw. And just in closure, I hope that this brings light to another subject, which I think has been um, by the left uh, ignored, which is black on black crime. And I hope that everyone is able to see that it is possible because you know, people want to kind of sweep it under the rug and they don't want to talk about it. But this is another incident. I mean, they are police. It's blue on black. You can call it any color. Yeah, but want. Stefano, I but appreciate No, I, I appreciate that. You're right. I mean, there is a five. My friend Kevin, who I, I said, he says this is different. This is five black guys. No, this is still the relationship that cops have to young black men is what the argument would be. Cops have how they how they have been taught to approach a young black guy compared to my son, Jordan, or compared to me if we were driving in a car. And that's where it becomes, you, you know, it's, you know, that's where the racial element almost doesn't matter. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a little break from this. We're going to go back to some stuff that is a little bit, a little bit lighter. Um, you know, and I apologize if I've, I've sounded a little overwrought. It's great to have you along in the middle. When we come back, we're going to do this week in fibbing and not telling the truth, starring Joe Biden. Walk the avenues and I'll show you what tomorrow will bring. Finding new ways to make change. Reaching across the aisle to work with both sides. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. And welcome back to The Middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here until 3 o'clock. Curtis Lee will come in at 3 for Left versus Right. We're going to talk a little bit more about Tyree Nichols. Also going to talk a little bit about George Santos. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We'd love for you to stream this also on the WABC Radio app or WABCradio.com. And if you happen to miss it, 
and I know you won't. You can download it as a podcast shortly after we go off the air. So as I said, I had written a whole script, and I, I became enamored with the idea of taking a look at at fibbing, at telling white lies, about not completely telling the truth, because there's been so much attention to Congressman Santos. And he actually made some news just this morning. You know, the danger for him in terms of the law, I mean, there's political danger for him that his constituents aren't going to want him around anymore. But the danger for him in terms of the law is anything that he signed, any document that he signed as being a candidate, um, is a legal document. Like when you have a campaign filing, it's not optional to tell the truth. Your name is associated with it. You have ethics filings, all these things that we have to do, all these laws that have been passed so that we have transparency. We know where, you know, what our politicians are up to. So he wrote, he has something called FEC, Federal Election Commission filings. And there's all kinds of stuff on those filings that people have found that they find very suspicious to say the least. And so they, he filed some amendments, which you're allowed to do. You're allowed to amend the filings kind of like as a way to get ahead of the FEC. Now, the FEC, in 99 out of 100 instances, <coughs> their sanctions, I think maybe in 100%, are, are civil in nature. They can fine you for stuff. However, if you do enough things that are wrong, they can refer it for prosecution. Well, he amended some of his filings, and he made a very big change. We have been saying all along that he – loaned his campaign $500,000, which you're allowed to do. Some, you know, there's a limit to how much someone can give your campaign, $2,800 for the primary, $2,800 for the general. But you as the individual, like Mike Bloomberg, you can put as much of your own money in as you want. You can loan your campaign as much money as you want, etc. He amended his filing to say that the loan wasn't from him, but he left out who it was from. You're not allowed to get a loan from anyone else. Then it becomes a contribution. You can't, you, you know, you you have to. It's not clear at all whether he whether he understands that. Maybe his treasurer does. But wait a minute, he filed the change of treasurer on the form. The treasurer is the person who signs the form. The candidate has to name the treasurer. The treasurer then signs these forms. Usually they're volunteers. Sometimes they're paid. He changed the treasurer to a dude that said he does, he's not doing the job. He said he was not hired or called upon to do the job. This guy called up the FEC and said, I saw my name on Santos's filings. Get me out of there. The FEC has now asked, sent a whole bunch of letters to Santos saying, please clarify all these different things. But this morning, the news is that Department of Justice has asked the FEC to stop pursuing any prosecution. Now, you might say, for Santos, oh, that's good. No. The Department of Justice doesn't like anyone mucking in their prosecutions. So that means this is the first serious sign that the feds are looking into his stuff, and this is a bad, bad sign if you are Santos. Um, Also, this week in FIBS, not quite of the same level as Santos, the former president, Donald Trump, have we heard about this guy, Donald Trump? He went on to his social media platform, Truth Social, even though I understand he's going to be allowed back on Facebook soon. And he announced that he had won the Senior Club Championship at Trump International Golf Club. That is quite an accomplishment. Good for him. There's only one problem. He didn't play the first round of the tournament. Members arrived at the second day of the tournament. They looked up at the board, and they see that Trump had a five-point or five-stroke lead. And Trump, and here's what happened. Trump told the tournament organizers that he played a really great round on the course the Thursday before. <laughs> and so he decided they decided they would count it as as uh his as his Saturday score for the club championship and that score was 5 points better. And then he goes on to call it Trump calls it a great honor. I have to read all of this. Do you mind if I read all of this? It's a great honor to have won on the best courses in the country on one of the best courses in the country in Palm Beach County. And here is his quote. I, <laughs> I competed against many fine golfers and was hitting the ball long and straight, he wrote. I reasoned that I... Wait a minute. Hold on. I reasoned that... I don't have the rest of this quote. Oh, no. Uh, ba ba ba. Oh, I reason in a very real way. It serves as a physical exam, only much capitalized tougher. You need strength and stamina to win capitalized. 
and I have strength and stamina. Most others don't. You also need strength and stamina to capital govern, exclamation point. I love I mean, I can't get enough of it. I mean, okay, you know I have a conflicted relationship with him because I did. When I, when I started doing the show, I said I wasn't going to mention his name because it gets people too excited. Now I'm going to have to because he's a candidate. Um, but for this week, we also have to go back into the vault. And I want to thank Wendy B. for this. We have to go back into the vault. For this week in fibbing, I want to go back to April of 1987. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you, in this week in fibbing, the Hall of Fame, Senator Joseph Biden of Delaware, then a candidate for president of the United States. I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. I can see one thing. I think Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. So, so Ryan, you wouldn't remember this. There used to be a guy in Saturday Night Live who would do this thing. Yeah, that's the ticket. Me and Morgan Fairchild. Uh, so that was that was Senator Joseph Biden. He's running for president in 1988. Uh, this is still 1987. It had just begun. The campaign had had just begun a few a few months before that video, uh, that audio. Um. Yeah, so that that happened. And if you were wondering, how the hell did he get away with that? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I present you Senator Joseph Biden of Delaware. Senator Joseph Biden dropped out of the hunt today, saying the disclosures about his plagiarism in law school and his exaggerations about his academic record made it impossible for him to continue. I do it with incredible reluctance, and it makes me angry. I'm angry with myself for having been put in the position, put myself in the position of having to make this choice. So, yeah, it didn't work out so great. <laughs> it didn't work out so great for him. I, I, you know, I started looking back at that because, you know, a lot of people have said when talking about Santos, they said, yeah, but Joe Biden, he makes up stuff all the time. And he gets a lot of stuff wrong and does kind of make up stuff. The point I was that I that I find interesting about that is that. And I've said that I said this to you the moment the Santos thing came out. People do say that politicians lie. In fact, I know this is you're not going to like this, but in fact, it doesn't happen nearly as much as you would think because the accountability is fairly severe. Meaning nowadays on the Internet, there's a hundred fact checkers. Your constituents find out your opponents pay thousands of dollars like that video. That audio was on Donald Trump's – that video is on Donald Trump's website. It was also leaked by his opponents who were tracking him every step of the way, even though he was a, a relatively minor player in that campaign. He, you know, they – people are ready. So I think for the most part – and the big difference, obviously, with Santos is up to now, there wasn't real accountability because he basically got – you know, Santos got away with it. Um, Joe Biden most certainly did not. Now, the more famous thing – that undid Joe Biden, at least famous from my perspective, was, I don't know, Kitty, you have to give me all the facts with it, but Neil Kinnock, who was, I believe, the labor leader at the time in, he was not an important figure in, in, in Great Britain. He was a political figure there who, who Biden would frequently use sections of the Neil Kinnock speech with attribution. He would do it with attribution usually, and then a couple of times he did it without 
in a very awkward kind of way of saying, I was thinking while I was coming over here, and then he used Neil Kinnick's thing about how I'd go down, my parents would come out of the coal mines every day, and they'd play football, and then my wife, who, you know, what are the chances that my wife and I would go to college, those types of things. So he got in trouble for that as well. That was the year that Mike Dukakis went on to be the nominee. That's also the year that Gary Hart, remember that guy, Gary Hart of Colorado, he had a he had a personal scandal of a sexual nature of having an affair with somebody, and he he dropped out of the race as well. I think he did wind up getting back into the race and then dropping out again. That's a trick that even I haven't tried to pull. So that is the week in fibbing. That is your Joe Biden, Santos, Donald Trump is the greatest golfer of all time um, uh, uh, edition. And let's get some uh, some calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let's go to John in Nevada. Go ahead, John. Hey, Anthony. Um, this George Santos thing has incredibly cheapened Congress. Uh, it's almost embarrassing the way this has happened and how long it's going to take to uh, straighten this out. Um, eventually, he will go away. Uh, the Department of Justice is investigating him. They will prosecute him. But it is embarrassing that this went this far and there was absolutely nothing that could be done. It has cheapened Congress. Yeah, I, I think that you're right, John, and thank you for calling. Call us again. I think it's embarrassing in that how long it's lingered. You know, I... You know, I point this out every time I talk about George Santos. I resigned from Congress for lying. I didn't resign from Congress because I, you know, I had, you know, done anything that technically they could throw me out for. But the reason it became important to me, to, to the ways that I eventually dropped out, is that, you know, Nancy Pelosi, Steny Hoyer, the leaders of Congress, my colleagues in Congress said, you know, man, this is not going to get any better. Having you around, everyone's going to have to answer questions about you. Having this around, there's going to be an ethics investigation. Even if you didn't do anything wrong, you're going to have to defend that. You're going to be less less kind of productive for your constituents. At the time, there was a poll done in my district that said like 75% wanted me to stay. It was a little bit of a different set of facts. But ultimately, the problem with Santos is he apparently has no shame. <laughs> like you can't use the normal things that usually lead to people resigning and moving out of the way. You know, like he doesn't. With me, it was I had a new family. I was, like, trying to figure out how to piece my life back together. I was dealing with mental illness. And I didn't know what I had at the time, but I came to learn that it was, you know, addictive things. All that being said, you know, this too shall pass. He's one of 435. He's not going to – He if he does decide to stick around, he's on two minor committees that really don't matter all that much. I did an episode about um, the, the fights on the committees with Schiff and with – Swalwell and with Santos and uh, Omar um, on the on the middle unplugged was a podcast that I do on the Red Apple Podcast Network episode fourteen. Go check it out. But one of the things that I talk about is that you know people make a big deal. He got committees. Who cares? The Small Business Committee and the Science and Technology Committee are the two most minor of the minor committees. He can't do much damage there. And sooner or later, either people will go on to other things or he won't. But it does sound like, based on the news today, it sounds like. The Justice Department is coming down to him. He's he's the rare case that Democrat and Republican are both rooting for him um, to face the the wrath of the of the voice. Because you're right. It doesn't make anyone look all that good. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll take some more calls. Eight hundred eight four eight wabc Then at three o'clock, Curtis Sliwa comes in for left versus right. And we'll talk a little about Tyree Nichols. We'll talk about Santos. And we'll also talk about the attacks in Jerusalem over the weekend. Great to have you along. We'll see you on the other side. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC. And welcome back to the middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. Been a little bit of a roller coaster this episode. Started out talking about Tyree Nichols and how heavy that is, and goofed around a little bit about the year in fibbing. I got to that Joe Biden man. He's a handful. I got to tell you. Um, Curtis Lee will coming in at three o'clock. If you miss any part of this, you want to get it as a podcast, the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
We'll be um, uploading it at that time. The same for my The Middle Unplugged, which is the show I do that's like this in the middle of the week for podcasts so we can curse a little bit on it. We're, we're catching up on some of the calls. Thank you so much. If you want to be part of it, 800-848-WABC. Let's go to Trisha in White Plains. Go ahead, Trisha. Hi, Anthony. Um, Hi. I'm a little behind here, but I only listen to 770 now because I'm a big Sid fan. And uh, Mr. Casamitidis, which, by the way, I love saying his name, Mr. Casamitidis, <laughs> I just give a shout-out to him. I can almost cry because when you were in trouble, I can remember praying so hard for you, your family. And that's what's missing in the world, praying for each other, loving each other, forgiving each other. And so I'm just – I just – I'm happy to hear your voice. I was shocked to hear your voice, and I thought, there goes Mr. Casamitidis again doing the right thing. So like I said, I'm a little behind. I looked it up. You've been on since 2022. But, um, you know, it's just until recently that 770 is the only radio station I'm able to listen to because, again, it's truth. It's humor. It's Sid. Of course, Sid got too popular now. He never gets <laughs> my call, but that's okay. I pray for him all the time. I pray for everybody. I just got back from the Holy Land, and I put all of our intentions for our country, for our world, for your families, for Jordan. We have to pray for the youth of the world, and we've got to start loving again. And Mr. Casamitidis knows how to do it best. Well, it's so it's really you. nice. Thank it's thank so you. sweet of you to call. It's nice to have you as a listener. It's great to have your loyal listenership. And it's really true, Tricia. What if if we showed a little bit of grace for one another, um, the world would be a lot better place. And and John and Margot, you, you know, they've shown me and my family an enormous amount of grace. And I I'm forever grateful to them. And it's really great to hear your voice. Uh, call us, uh, call us again. Uh, Edward in Chicago, go ahead, Edward. Thank you for joining the middle. Yeah, Anthony, thank you for taking my call. Um, yeah, I live in a police, uh, fire neighborhood city workers here. And Mr. Crumb says something that, well, it's really the, the people that, that, uh, coach these, that teach these police officers. But really, I was telling your screener, they need to do the basic thing and obey the orders of the police. I was stopped when I was younger and I did not even get touched. I was like, oh, because I was dropping something off and I was trying to end my work shift early. But I, nothing, and I'm Latino, so they need to do that. <laughs> if you got a problem, you can get a lawyer and and bring up uh, police misconduct later. You don't have to have a, a little, like, ring around the collar like I'm all uh, hot and bothered. Yeah, I think that's right. However, let's keep in mind, and that's a good point, but let's keep in mind that citizens – have rights, and among them are when we give someone a badge and we give someone a gun and we say that you go out and enforce the law, we wrap around that a lot of civil rights that human beings have from the, to protect us from the state. And one of them is that police officers have to have an articulable, reasonable suspicion that a crime has been committed. You know, when they come to the window and say, do you know why I stopped you today? It is because that's the they have to articulate that. And if you have a circumstance that happened yesterday, and I know that you weren't trying to defend what happened yesterday to uh, what was video video that was released to Tyrene because of what happened earlier this month. When you have when you have officers that reach into your car and drag you out before you even said a thing, if you watch that video, I mean, what's galling about it is Mr. Nichols is the one who sounds calm. He says, "You guys certainly are." fired up here what what's going on and they're yelling and yelling yelling it's barely you can barely make out what's going on and these guys they had some they had you know uh, memphis kind of windbreakers on but they were barely in uniform these guys i mean these these it wasn't immediately clear i or it might not have been immediately clear and so i just want to point out that one thing and i've pointed this out on the show before one thing that left and right kind of have in common is a suspicion of the state right we, in this case, it's the NYPD with the, uh, or the, or the, or the uh, in this case, it's the police officer, but in the case of many people, it's the FBI or IRS agents, et cetera, et cetera. It's because we believe as Americans, this country was founded on these principles that the individual, member, we had an overarching king who was oppressing us, using the state to hold us down, to tax us without representation, et cetera, et cetera. So we created a government that put at the center of it individual liberty and the idea that if the, of, 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 of the, the Bill of Rights, you have this right, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment rights. And so to say, well, listen to what police officers say, excellent advice. I, anyone within the sound of my voice would say that because police officers, if they, you know, you know, they – they they are 99.9% of the time giving you a lawful order. 
But it is the responsibility of the police to make sure that they are. And it is the responsibility of it is okay for a citizen to say, hey, what are my rights here? You know, what are my rights here? Now, I think you're right. I think, you know, nothing good ever comes from running. Nothing ever good comes from fighting. You know, you're, you're, I, I think that's right. But I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a civil rights, you know, expert. Um, in the case of the video of Tyree Nichols, you had no officer stating, articulating a reasonable suspicion of any crime to this moment, even to, even to right now, we don't know. Even the police chief, when she was asked, said, we don't, we haven't gotten to the bottom of that. Why exactly they, was it someone that they thought looked like someone else? There was no weapon present. There was no sign of, of that he was, you know, that, I mean, whatever. And certainly not, I mean, if, if he got out and run, yeah, okay, that's not a great idea. I mean, as it turned out where he was running, apparently was to his mom's house. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, it breaks your heart. I mean, that's, 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 he was apparently running to, you know, he's, he was crying out for his mom. He runs towards his mom. Look, these are not easy things. And one thing that I, I always say in the first line of the introduction of, to this show, kind of our manifesto is to bring context to the hot takes. And so I want to try to honor that today, even though there's a lot, you know, that we don't know. I don't know what context to put policing in except to say that when moments like this happen, it reminds us that we are unified in our humanity, that when we watch a 29-year-old in a split screen on one side of the screen, he's skateboarding like without a care in the world, and the other side we're watching him pummeled with an inch of license and then propped up on a car and left there to basically to die. That we can agree as Americans that something was very wrong with that picture. We shouldn't paint every officer with it. Policing is a very dangerous job. We would be nowhere without it. Liberal, conservative, old, young, we need our streets to be safe. We want to, I want to send Jordan off to school and, and know he's going to be safe. And, and same with Huma and my parents. But on the other hand, when you have this many people dying at the hands of police officers, something needs to be at least analyzed. And when you have officers not jumping in and standing up for this kid, standing up for this guy, 29 years old, he's not a kid, standing up for this guy and saying, I've got to intervene here. I don't care if my four buddies in the Scorpion unit are involved here. I've got to intervene. And so I think that is perhaps one lesson that comes to this. But the conversation, as always, has been one of humility and humanity, and I really appreciate all of you that participated in it. We're going to talk a little bit more about this with uh, with Curtis at, at three o'clock, and I just want to, you know, again, you know, thank thank heavens and thank you know John and Margot Katzmatiz and Chad Lopez and everyone. Like this is they, they say here, you know, it says on our business card, Talk Radio seventy seven, where America and where our city comes to talk, where we all come to talk. And even when it's a difficult moment like this, thank you so much. I feel very grateful to have this opportunity to be with you today. We'll see you on the other side with Left versus Right. Long live you last, tell me now.